0: Hello, my name is David Lambert. Thank you for tuning into our broadcast today. We believe that this message will be a blessing to you and your family. So stay tuned for a wonderful message, and thank you for tuning in. The title of this will be uh, Take Authority. Um, and uh, so I want to talk to you about taking authority over your circumstances, over the devil. And um, uh, let's open our Bibles to... Uh, the book of Ephesians. Now Ephesians is a wonderful book. I highly recommend that you study the book of Ephesians um, because it has so much about our spiritual authority and who we are in Christ and what we have in Christ. But in Ephesians chapter 6, it says here in verse 12 if you found it just say Amen. They may be throwing it up on the screen here. See how fast they get up there. And uh Ephesians 6, verse 12. Did you find it? Oh, it's up there. Praise God. (laughs) I don't see behind me. It would be nice to... Yeah, there it is. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness uh, in heavenly places. So right here, this is a scripture right here, and if you just read this and just take it out of context, it can really make you nervous. <laughs> yeah. If you just take that scripture out of context say, oh man, we got a, we got a bunch of problems here, we got a lot of devils that want to take us out. And um, but, you know, the Lord Jesus has done something about that. Let's just let's open our Bibles and let's let's turn back to Genesis and let's look at uh, how God, you know, what God originally did and designed for us in the Garden of Eden and what God has given us, because it really dates back to Genesis. And really, there's so much revelation in the book of Genesis um, that it's hard to tap that out. But um, uh, look at Genesis 1, verse 26, and this is the Lord, and um, uh, He's making us, He says, uh, we'll we'll go to verse 26, I'll read my way down. He says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion. I just want to stop there. God created us to have dominion. Amen. And so when Adam and Eve were originally created and his original design was to give us dominion. And so you can underline that. And this is over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over all the cattle, of over all the cattle, all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So you have, ladies, you have dominion over creeps. Okay. Amen. And um, you've heard that one before. So anyway. So if anybody's bothering you, you have dominion. Amen? Yeah. And so um, it says here in verse 27, So God created man in His own image, and in the image of God He created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So He says, have dominion again. So he wants us taking dominion, but um, we know that in Genesis three uh, we find that the, the devil he uh, he came he appeared as a serpent. And let's look at this. And this is how mankind lost their dominion. And, um, and and right now there's a rogue spirit running around this earth, and that's the devil. And he's trying to lord over people. And, he's, and right now, he is lording over the unsaved person. But the devil should not be lording over the Christian. Amen. 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 Yes. In other words, the, Jesus is your Lord. The devil isn't your Lord. That's Amen. Right. So, so we've got to get a revelation of that. And But look at this. It says here, now, here's some door openers that we can give the devil some inroads into our life by what we do. Because, you listen... Um, even as Christians, we can open doors for the devil to operate in our lives. Yes. Um, you know, when you drive on, on the highway, there's markers, there's stop signs. There, you could call them boundaries. And so there's lines on the road. You know, you want to be in your on, on, on your lane. And we need and, and as Christians, sometimes we don't understand what what the boundaries are until we read the Bible And if we get out of bounds, God can, uh, well, the enemy can come in and rain on our parade. So we don't want to be getting out of bounds in our walk with God. That's why the Bible says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil and he'll flee. The Bible says, you know, obey God. You know, obedience is the key to keeping uh, the devil off your back, if I may. Obedience to the word of God. But let's look at this. It says, now the serpent was more... Than any beast of the field which the Lord God has made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, 'You shall not eat of every tree of the garden?' And see, this is the way the enemy works with us. The enemy will always work against us in the word of God, what, what God has said in his word. So the enemy is always trying to cast doubt about the validity of God's word, the truth of God's word. So, so the enemy was working, and he was saying, has God said? So he was trying to create doubt in her. You, have you ever noticed that when, you, when anything's coming against you as a Christian, um, you're trying to stand on the Word, but, but, but the enemy's trying to tell you that the Word of God is not working for you? Yes, yes he will. Has he ever tried that one on you? Like, look, if it was working, it should be happening automatic. Yes. It should be happening right now. There's a process. Uh, When Jesus spoke the word, sometimes he spoke the word to heal people. And he said, as you go, you'll be healed. So there's a process and we need to get into the word and we need to allow that word to become real to us. The reason why it's not working as fast in some of our lives, because it's not real yet. We read a scripture and we try to confess the scripture we try to uh, confess the scripture you know, off the hip, but we haven't meditated on it. And the enemy is working against us, trying to make us think that the scriptures aren't true. And, um, you know, so here, uh, so the devil was putting doubt in the mind of Eve, as well as Adam, and a woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is of the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Um, you know, it's interesting that, that Adam and Eve had every tree to pick from, and the devil got them looking at the, the only tree in the garden that they weren't allowed to mess with. Isn't that how the enemy works? We have so much promises and privileges in the Bible and and so many things that we can do for God and in God. But the devil always tries to get us to look at the things that we shouldn't be doing. Isn't that right? And so he was focusing her on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and then it says then the serpent said to the woman you uh, well she said uh, let's back up to three but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden God has said you shall not eat of it nor shall you touch it lest you die and then the serpent then the serpent said to the woman you will not surely die uh, for God knows in the day that you eat of it your eyes will be open and you'll be like God knowing good and evil And so we see here that the devil just straight-faced lied to her about the tree and said that you would not die. You know, he's lying to many people today. Um, He's lying to non-Christians and Christians, trying to tell Christians, your sin won't kill you. (laughs) And it's, it's okay, you're not dead yet. But, you know, it's a process. Death is a process. So, so when we start sinning and we're going off the, off, the, you know, off the straight and narrow path, death will start coming in in a slow process. Amen? Are oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? And the devil will say, see, you haven't died, so you're okay. Well, as Christians, you know, uh, the Bible says that we can walk in the law of life. This is in Romans 8, that we can walk in the law of life in Christ Jesus Or we can walk in the law of sin and death. And, you know, as Christians, we need to walk in the law of life in Christ Jesus, which is eternal life. But we can get on the path of destruction as a Christian, and we can open a lot of doors for the devil to come in and to hurt us. And so, really, we have dominion over the devil. See, I have dominion dominion over sin, sin, sickness, sickness, and spiritual death. And And so, that's what we have dominion over. And so, as you see this, it says here that that the devil lied straight face to her, and the devil will lie to you. And And he will try to make you think, not walking upright before God, or that you're okay, and that you're covered, and... No, you're covered when you're walking. Yes, to a degree you're covered. If you're walking in unknown sin, you're definitely covered by the blood of Jesus. But once you find out that you're walking in known sin, that's when you need to repent. Amen. Thank you for that one enthusiastic amen. <laughs> amen. We got We got one repenter over here. We got the rest just thinking about it. And so once we find out that we are walking in some degree of darkness, we have to understand that that when, we, when God is revealing to us that that the darkness we're walking in, when He starts revealing that to us, we need to, we need to wake up and get on the narrow path, the straight and narrow path of life. Yes. Amen? Amen. And so what's really nice about this is, is that when you go to, uh, some say, that first 1 John 1, 1.9 is a scripture uh, for sinners, but I don't believe that it's a scripture for sinners. It's a, I believe it's a scripture for believers. And because you can study that out. And um, Romans 10.9 and 10 if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross, you shall be saved. That's for sinners. Confessing the lordship of Jesus Christ. But look at first 1 John 1, 1.9 and let's look at this. This is so important to us that that you know to stay on the straight and narrow and to get out of the uh, the wayward path that the devil wants to put us on, we got to be quick to repent. Amen. And so, look at one eight, John one eight. It says here, uh, it's so good. It says here, one um, nine. Let's go to one nine. Well, let's let's back up to seven. I'm gonna get my my guy going back and forth behind me. It says here on seven, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, His son is cleanses us from all sin. Notice that as we walk in the light, as he is in the light, then we have fellowship. What sin will do will separate us from the goodness of God, per se, and it will separate us from our fellowship with other believers. Because, you know, when we are in sin, we even sometimes people that do the wrong things as Christians, uh, they don't even want to come to church. When we look back in Genesis, you'll find that Adam and Eve, when they sinned, they hid themselves behind the trees. And sin will always bring, bring shame into a believer's life. It will also bring condemnation if it's unchecked. And condemnation will kill us. I'm going to say again, a Christian that's walking under condemnation, it will destroy our fellowship with the Father. Our fellowship will not be sweet with the Lord. And God wants us having sweet fellowship with him. So as we look at this, it says in verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Saying that when we miss it or when God reveals areas in our life that we need to change, we need to admit it and quit it. Okay, that's a good, another good amen. And so we need to be quick to move back on the straight and narrow. But it says here in verse nine, uh, "If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness." Now, you know, what I'm talking to you about is taking authority, and we need to learn to take authority over the enemy. And he's, the devil's not your master if you're a Christian. The devil is, you're supposed to be a master over him. Amen. He's not supposed to be a master over you. Amen. 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 Thank you for that enthusiastic guy. That's right. Amen. And uh, you're supposed to, now, how, the devil works against us not just in sin, but he works against us in sickness as well. Yes. He works against us in poverty Amen. as well. So the enemy may not be coming against you in just a, a, a sin per se. You know, that weakness that so easily besets you, as the Bible says in Hebrews 12. It may not be a sin so, per se. You know, what's interesting to me, sometimes you can be walking upright before God. And a lot of times, I think most of us are. But does the devil just seems to attack us when we're doing the right things. Amen. Amen. It, it's amazing. You're, you're, you, get, you're, you're, you put down the sin. You're walking upright before God as far as you know. You're not, you're not getting any checks in your heart that you're doing anything wrong. And then all of a sudden something hits you. Broadside. And you're like, God, I'm, I'm doing, I know I'm doing, I put down the, all the weaknesses. I'm not, I'm not doing the sinning anymore. I'm, I'm coming to church. I'm paying my tithes. And now, now the enemy hits you on your finances. Right, Well, you're going to have to take authority over the devil in your finances. You're going to have to take authority over him. You know, uh, Jesus talks about, you know, whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So so it's our responsibility to do the binding and the loosing. And so we have to take authority over the devil. You know, a lot of times we think... <clears throat> we get this idea that we're saved and God's going to do it all for us and that we don't have to do anything once we get saved, that, that, uh, that there's nothing that we have to do, that God's going to just cover us, and he does, but there's some things that we're going to have to do because the devil's out here and he's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. The Bible says he's, he's, he's looking, he's, he's seeking people like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The Bible says that we need to stand fast in our faith. And we need to stand fast against the wiles of the enemy. And we have to understand that the devil is after you. He's, he's. you know, I'm going to have to say this, that as a Christian, you're probably more of a target than a non-Christian. Amen. You're going to be more of a target because the devil doesn't want, especially if you're doing something in the kingdom. If you're doing something, if you're giving your tie, sewing your ties, you're working, you're witnessing, you're helping in the church, you're coming to church, whatever you're doing in the kingdom, the devil's going to try to do everything he can to shut you down. Amen. Amen. So he's going to do everything he can to try to discourage you from operating in the kingdom like the way we should operate in the kingdom. Amen. So we have to be very careful that we're not allowing the devil to take us down. And then what the enemy wants us to do. Listen, if you want to whip the devil, you know, you're going to have to get out of the you got to get out of the area of of um, the natural. You have to get into the supernatural and how you get out of the area of the natural uh, and get into the supernatural. The only way you're going to beat the devil is by faith. You got to stay in the arena of faith. If, 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 you, if you get out of faith, the devil has you. The devil will take you down. If, you get, if, if the enemy can get you in doubt and unbelief, get you throwing up your hands and saying, what's the use? It ain't worth it. What's the use of coming to church? What's the use of, of paying my tithes? I'm getting attacked. Listen, that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to throw in the towel. He wants you to, to quit. He wants you to give up. But we're not those that shrink back, you know. We're those that keep pressing in until we see the fullness of the promise of God Amen. in our life. That's right, that's right. And so we need to keep pressing in. So here we see here that, that the enemy will, as you see here, as we confess our sins in verse 9, God is faithful and just to forgive us of for our sins, but not only forgive us, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, one of the tactics of the enemy is he will try to get our past to mess up our future in Christ. In other words, he will try to get us looking back at the things that we haven't done right and try to evaluate all those things and, and, and look at those things as a reason why we could be in the mess that we're in today or the reason why the devil's attacking us today. You know, listen, if you confess your sins... Then it's under the blood. The Bible says that he throws your sins as far as the east is from the west. The Bible actually says that he, that God will not remember your sins. That he will blot out your iniquities. And that he chooses not to remember them. Not for your sake. But for his sake. That's pretty interesting. Isaiah, it says that I choose not to remember your sins for my sake. Not for your sake. That's pretty good. In other words, God wants us walking in the blessing so much, He's willing to forget about it. He's willing to forget about our past, our past mess-ups. And so if He is throwing that... I'm getting out of my chair now. If He is throwing... If He is, you know, if that what the Lord is saying... Man, if the Lord is saying, I'm thrown in the sea of forgetfulness, then why are you bringing it back up? Why are you saying, well, it must have been what I did two months ago when I should have given more of an offering. I thought the Lord told me, listen, repent. Ask God to forgive you. And now God can't, doesn't remember it anymore. And then we're trying to bring these things up. And we're trying to, you know, bring up old baggage and old stuff. And, and, and all that will do is bring condemnation. Yes, yes. And, and you know, listen, condemnation will try to tell you you're, you're not worthy. Yes. You, you, you know, that God doesn't like you. Man. Condemnation is terrible to deal with. Yes, yes it is. That's why, it's, that's why it's very difficult as Christians. It, it, you don't want to w- be walking in sin or living in sin because condemnation will creep up in your equation. Amen. And will make you feel like that you don't deserve anything from God. Amen. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying to you today? Yes, exactly. But God is blessing you not on your merit. He's blessing you on His merit. Amen. God's not just blessing you on just your faithfulness. He's he's blessing you on His faithfulness. Thank God for faithfulness and He will bless the faithful. But the Bible says in, in Psalms, it says, feed on His faithfulness. So we need to look at the goodness of God when we're in dealing with problems in our lives. And when we're dealing with that... We have, to look, we have to look to God. You know, it's interesting to me when the, sin, when the sinners came to Jesus, they came to Jesus just believing that Jesus would do something. But they never came to Jesus, you know, for uh, all these sinners that came that had problems, never had a list of, uh, of the good things that they did so they could get healed. They never came to Jesus and Jesus, I've done all these good things. Now I need to get my healing. None of the sinners did that. None of the people that were afflicted came to Jesus and said, Listen, I have a right to be healed. They they just came in humility. And they just said, "Uh, Will thou make me whole? Will thou heal me? And, you know, they didn't even know. know, A lot of these people, the sinners that came to them, didn't even know the Bible. Didn't even know the, the Word of God. The Pharisees knew it the Pharisees were more in the Word, but they didn't recognize Jesus. And Jesus was giving all, all these blessings to the people that were humble. Amen. To the people that were looking to Jesus for their, for their blessing and not looking to themselves. A lot of times what happens is that we get religiously minded and what we, have, we tend to do, if we haven't done anything wrong, the, the enemy on the flip side... What He will try to do is get you to look at all the things you've done right and then get you thinking that it's not fair that you're under this persecution. And then you start saying, God, this is not fair. Why, God, are you allowing this to happen? Have you ever heard that before? God? Why are you... God's not allowing these things to happen. I mean, the bottom line is, I don't believe that. I don't believe that God is putting you through the test. But I believe that the devil is coming to steal the Word. Yes. Amen. God has already given us a way out of the test. He's already provided us with His Word. You know, the Bible says that that Satan comes immediately to steal the Word. That's what the devil, that's his whole job description, is to steal the Word of God from us. To steal. To kill and to destroy. That's pretty That's pretty harsh. Kill and destroy, you know. The devil wants to obliterate us. So his, he's after the word that's in us. He's after the word. So so we have to make sure when the enemy's coming against us that we're not just looking at our good works. But we're looking under Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Yes amen Jesus is the author and finisher of your faith but a lot of times what we tend to do is we get legalistic and believe in God for our healing and we say well God I've done all these good things so we should get healed no no you just gotta look at all the good things Jesus did he already paid the price for your healing he already paid the price uh, for for your prosperity the Bible says that by Jesus stripes you were made healed amen amen And the Bible says through his poverty, we become rich. And that's more just in financial riches. We have all blessings in heavenly places. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? But we have to get to know, you know, I think what's plaguing us is number one, we don't know who we are in Christ. We got to get to know who we are in Christ. The Bible says that we're new creations in Christ. Old things are passed away. And all things have become new. We have to get a revelation of this, that 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 we're, that we're in Him and He's in us. Amen. The hope of glory. Yes. That you're not alone. The devil will always try to make you think, even as a Christian, that you're alone. That is the biggest lie on planet Earth. Amen. The Bible says that God will never leave you nor forsake you. Yes. That He's with you to the ends of the age, or the ends of the earth. I like the ends of the age, Amen. And He's with you, so God is with you. And the enemy will try to make you feel like you're by yourself, that you're that you're secluded, that nobody understands what you're going through. And I'm going to say this: Jesus understands what you're going through. People, per se, may not understand, but Jesus, you know, is touched with the feelings of our infirmities, and Jesus went through everything he went through to fill our pain, and he, he knows what you're going through. He knows what it's like to be betrayed. He knows what it's like to be lonely. He knows what it's like. You know, when he was on the cross, you know, God had to take his hand off of him, Father God, and he, he became alone on the cross. Yes. Why? So that we will never be alone. Isn't that awesome? So the devil will try to make you think you're alone in your affliction that nobody understands. You know, the the devil tried to play that on Elijah when Elijah was doing some great works for God. Thank you for tuning into the broadcast today. We never like to end our broadcast without giving you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your personal Savior. So if you don't know the Lord Jesus, if you died right now, you don't know if you'd make it to heaven, just pray this prayer with me. Just say this after me. Say, Dear Lord, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe he was raised from the dead. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus, I'm trusting you for my life today. I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we believe that you got born again. And so we would love to hear from you. Connect with us on our website at www.excelifechurch.org. And uh, also, if you have a prayer request, you can also go on our website and um, put that prayer request in. We believe that God will, will hear your prayers and answer your prayers. Again, thank you for tuning in today, and God bless you. Tune in next week for the completion of this broadcast. This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org.